0: is in short supply within our world. The Word of God gives us all of the truth we need to live a full life in Christ. We should keep these truths and consider them wisdom, instruction, and insight for our lives. No matter what we do, we cannot lose faith. Let's talk about this today as we continue our series now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic, and life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody! Welcome back to Venture Podcast. I'm your host Dan Wills, lead pastor at Venture Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and so thankful that you are joining us today. Uh, we believe that you are listening where you are listening at this for a reason and a purpose, um, and we're praying that God will give you what that might be. So um, today we are in uh, week three of our series called Collide. Uh, let me, so let me kind of give you a recap. In week one. We laid the foundation for standing firm on the word of God, the only truth we can find in this world. Uh, Then in week two, we talked about the first thing God desires out of our lives. Once we initially learn to stand firm on our faith in the conflicting values of this world that we consistently collide with, we must be renewed and transformed. And so today we're going to take it one step further because after God begins to transform us especially within our minds and our hearts, we we have to pursue the source of truth so that we can ultimately live it out. The word, the truth of God is powerful and effective. So to start us off this morning, let's dive into our scripture for this series. It's in Colossians 2, verse 8. And again, I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation for this series. Uh, And so again, it's Colossians 2, 8. Here's what it says. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Today I want to start off by reading you a, a story um, from a gentleman um, that talks uh, a little bit about the power of Scripture. So let me let me read this to you. One day a shoemaker in Mossad, a very religious city in northeastern Iran, brought home for his lunch some cheese, which the grocer had wrapped in a page of the New Testament, which he was using as wrapping paper. Um, he just obviously he didn't care about the scriptures. So after eating his lunch, the, the shoemaker, um, he picked up a, a piece of paper and read the story of the man who hired laborers for his vineyard and at the end of the day paid all the laborers the same wage, whether they had worked 12 hours or one. So the shoemaker liked the story, and the next day went again to the grocery store and bought cheese, asking that it be wrapped in another page of that book that it was wrapped in before. And so it was. And then finally, on the third day, he bought what remained of the New Testament and showed it to his brother. The two of them then went to the missionary, who gave them a complete copy and also gave them regular instruction in the Word of God. Both men were later baptized and were among the first believers in that city. So even when the words of scripture are torn page by page and used as trash, it still has power to redeem, amen? So let's kind of dive into that scripture uh, this week. Uh, we're going to be in uh, a couple of different uh, chapters, uh, a couple of different places, a couple of different books. So um, here's what we gonna start off with. If you will turn with me to Romans 7, 15, Romans chapter 7, verse 15, here's what it says. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You see, in this verse, Paul is talking specifically about sin, but I believe many of us can take this same principle and apply it to our time spent with God in his word or lack thereof. We know what we should do, but we don't do it. And so I'm believing that today is the day God is going to give you a new hunger for his word. So if you will turn back with me to the Old Testament in Proverbs 23, 23, the writer of Proverbs tells us something about the truth that is incredibly important. He emphasizes how important it is in this one verse. It's Proverbs 23, 23, 23. Here's what it reads. Get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. So we have already said that the truth comes from the word of God, but once we have it, how do we keep it safe? How do we keep it, right? How do we how do we have it within us, right? Because maybe you've taken the challenge over the last few weeks of, of listening to this podcast. I've challenged you to be diving into the scriptures day and night, right? Like every day, at least every day, once a day, if not twice a day or more, right? And so you've been doing that. You are saying, Pastor Dan, I, I'm doing that. I'm diving in. Okay, so now how do we keep it, though? How do we keep the word of God? Well, the first step in keeping the word is is what the writer of Proverbs makes clear in this verse. Okay, write this down. Number one, don't sell it. Okay, don't, do not sell it. Just so you know, I don't think he's talking about us standing on the side of the road with our Bible attempting to sell the physical Bible to someone. Like, hey, here's a Bible, get your Bible, you know, that type of thing. Instead, the writer's talking here about an eternal struggle. It is one thing to, to receive the word of God it's another thing to actually keep it as a priority of your life. And let me say it again. It is one thing to receive the Word of God, right? Because many people receive the Word of God. You receive the Word of God. If you go to church, you receive that Word of God. Even atheists know the Word of God, they've received the Word of God, right? But it's another thing to actually keep it as your priority in life. Let me give you an example. Uh, I have a friend that, that many years ago was, was led to Christ by someone who shared the word of God with him. Uh, He actually was a friend of mine since he was, he was little and uh, he became a very strong man of God. Uh, He was serving in his church and, and he would even go around speaking to people about his testimony because he lived in a family that just, just wasn't, just wasn't great. (laughs) I'll put it that way. Okay. It was not good. The good thing is this is not part of the story, but his family did come to know Christ, which is, which is awesome. But, but here he's got this, this, he's got this testimony, he's sharing people. In fact, in his testimony, he uses tattoos that he grew up with um, that are old tattoos that some of them he changed into Christian tattoos. So he would actually walk through scripture using the tattoos on his body because that's who the people he was meeting, and he could in a, in a, have a dialogue with them and, and so forth. So, but well, So now we come to not too long ago. I ran into this said friend, and now he no longer believes in God. And he's even joined the Hells Angel Biker Club. And so I asked his family, what happened? You know, like, what, what happened to this guy? And they shared with me that that he started to have doubts, and, and what he read and believed, um, he started to have doubt into as well. And then, then he ran into someone that affirmed that doubt for him. And he is where he is now, very far from God. In fact, he went to the extreme of changing his tattoos that used to reflect who Jesus was in his life to now having some satanic images, you know, all over him. He was swayed in a different direction by the world. And unfortunately, this happens to people all the time. Not necessarily his exact story where tattoos get changed and all this kind of stuff and join the Hell's Hell's Angel Biker Club, but, but it happens to people in that sense, because as we mentioned in week one of the series, the things of this world can be seductive, right? They attempt to draw us in and convince us of their truth rather than the truth, right? It is easy to sell ourselves short by selling what we hold on to as the truth in Scripture. Maybe some of us are in that place right now. We, we feel an eternal war going on within us. We feel as if we are being pulled in two different directions and, and the direction of the world is gaining an advantage because we know it will offer this satisfaction that we can see and feel, right? Although it is temporary, we still are attracted to it as we can see and feel it. Jesus had an external dialogue with a woman about this same struggle in her life. Uh, It comes in John 4, uh, 7 through 15, and if you haven't figured it out, we're going to be all over scriptures today, (laughs) because if we're going to talk about the word, we need to read the word, right? So John 4, 7 through 15, here's what it says. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And so she said to Jesus, "Are you, a, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where, where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And I love this part. No questions asked. She says, please, sir. The woman said, give me this water then I will never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. In the story, Jesus offered the woman the true source of life, one that would satisfy her completely. And before this interaction, she was in the middle of being pulled in worldly directions. In fact, I would encourage you to go back and read uh, the beginning of John chapter 4 and find out what she was dealing with. And so all the while searching for what she would, would truly satisfy her, and here it comes walking into her life. The truth incarnate, Jesus Christ, literally collided with her sin and she was set free. The Bible tells us elsewhere that Jesus is the word of God in the flesh, John 1, 14. So therefore, if we know Jesus, we know the truth. And how do we learn more about the truth? We spend time in the word of God. And once we know it, and we learn to not lose it, I believe there's a proper response God desires from us, that we give it away freely. And so this brings us to the second step of how do we keep the word of God. If you can, write this down, we share it. We share it. Now you're like, Pastor Dan, that's, a, that's an oxymoron. You just told us to keep it, but now we're going to share it, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. All throughout the Bible, it is made clear that the word was never meant to just dwell within us. Okay. So we have to keep it within us, but we also want to share it. Turn with me to Matthew 28:18 through 20. Some of you already probably know what I'm about to read. Here's what it says. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This passage is often called the Great Commission. Jesus commands his disciples to go and spread the word of God, the gospel message about him to the world. And I believe the same commission is given to us. When we accept Christ, when we begin to read and study the word of God, even when we begin to put into practice, we are then called to go and share it. And amazingly, sharing the word with others will strengthen your own faith as well. I believe that to be absolutely true. Okay. And I've also believed that, that this isn't just for, for just, uh, you know, people that are, who are called into ministry, just, you know, pastors and deacons. That's yes. It's part of our, our calling, But it's not just our call, it's your call. It's the Great Commission. We are all called to do it. God is calling you to do the same. We are called to give it away, to share the gospel freely. And what a joy it is to share with others what God has done. You have a story to tell as well. And chances are, if you've invited Jesus to do something in your life, he has shown up. Right? So share it with someone this week. Share it with someone this week. If you've had God show up in your life, Jesus show up in your life to do something, share it with somebody. And maybe today you're in a place where you are tempted to sell yourself short by by following world temptations, worldly temptations, rather than the eternal truth in the word of God. You feel like you have an eternal wrestling match going on. Well, it's true, because the kingdoms are colliding within you. They are, right? There's the worldly kingdom and God's kingdom. They're colliding within you, and you feel like you need to make a choice. Well, I believe you do need to make a choice. But today can be that day where you submit fully to God's word. It's the only true source uh, of abundant life. It's the only thing that can fully satisfy you. So I have two questions for you. Will you allow it to do its work in you? And would you pray that God would soften your heart to his gospel? I'll ask those again. Will you allow it to do its work in you? We're talking about God's word. And would you pray that God would soften your heart to hear his gospel? Let me share this, because once you receive the word, as we talked about today, pray for opportunities to share it. This is as simple as knowing what it says, living it out, and sharing your story of redemption with those around you. Here's what I'm going to ask. Today, will you pray for an open door to be able to share this week with someone close to you? And the reason I'm asking to share with someone close to you is because sometimes it's really easy to share with a stranger because if they say no, then it's no big deal. You just move on because they didn't know who you are. But if you have to share with someone close to you and they say no, you start have to live with them and talk with them and respect them and all those kinds of things, right? And, and so it becomes tougher. We we're, we're scared to do that. And so here's what I'm asking you. Pray for an open door to share this week with someone close to you. Because there's so much joy that comes with giving the gospel to someone else. In fact, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's Acts twenty thirty five. It will strengthen your faith in Christ. He's called us to believe, receive, and give. And here's what I know. If you do all of that, here's what I know you'll have to prepare for. You'll have to get ready for the open doors coming your way. I know it. Don't be scared of it just dive into it. Go back to those questions, right? Will you allow it to do its work in you? And would you pray that God would soften your heart to his gospel and pray that for others because God's going to open doors if you do. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you're enjoying this series as much as I am. Uh, Please continue to listen to our podcast and make sure you download the next episode because it will conclude uh, the series on Kali. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcasts in Chandler Acres Ministries or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at ChandlerAcresChurch.com.